script over here. <laughs> well, I guess we got introductions out of the way. Right. Well, I do have a couple things to say. I, I'm Alan, <laughs> Hello. and I, I'm joined by a lusty, zesty cowboy who likes to ride all night, Brent. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And a, you got the lucky one. And a bad girl, a bad, stupid girl, Ski. <laughs> oh, well, that's not so bad. I did get called a girl, though. <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's not a pejorative. Yeah. <laughs> We, today we're going over uh, Golden Palace Episode 10, or uh, as they like to call it, Season 8 Episode 10, mm-hmm. uh, Marriage on the Rocks with a Twist. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, this season they get real lengthy with their titles. They do. <laughs> they do. The next one's worse. Yeah, and the one after that I think is even longer. Oh, you're, makes, I think you're right, yeah. Makes you long for the days of Ebb Tide 6, The Wrath of Stan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, if I need to click on it to be able to see the full title, uh-huh. then it's too damn long. Exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, but anyways, well, I did have a couple other openings if you guys like to I hear think, always. I think it should be fewer than 15 characters. Yeah. yeah. So This is one that... I, it's, you know what my favorite title that's less than 15 characters is? No. Um, <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, adult education? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that took me s- way too long. To way longer than 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I even stumbled over the word adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited when it finally hit my yeah. brain that I had to hurry up and get it out there you, as you quick do. as possible. I mean, it, you, all you needed was a thought, really. Luckily, the magic of editing will make that an instantaneous answer. <laughs> <laughs> quick draw Bidwell. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, this is these other couple that I have would mm-hmm. definitely be ones that you'd only really get if you watched the episode, mm-hmm. um, because I thought about mentioning or uh, I thought about introducing one of you mm-hmm. as a man who keeps his toe in a jar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I also thought about that would be me, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> multiple injuries and all. <laughs> well, I don't know if you recall, but I believe when they were using the term toe, they were using it as a uh, um, euphemism for another term. Well, yes, but he also did mention that he lost a toe. Yeah, that's true, too. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about introducing one of you as a, a man who's heard Bill and Milton at least twice. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> there was something about that. Now I don't even remember what the, the reference was uh, exactly. Chewy um, listened to him every time he made love to his oh, wife. that's right. Like, I, I must have heard, heard you guys. at least twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know, I'm... We'll get into the episode, but I was really excited about one of the guest actors in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, same. He's someone I'm a big fan of. I noticed so. they had a lot of Carol Burnett connections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, and that wasn't the, I mean, the biggest Carol Burnett connection was not the guest actor I was more excited about, <laughs> um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah. Chewy, he's been in all the episodes. <laughs> he is not a guest actor. He's a principal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Would you guys like to hear a, a couple of yeah. listener interactions? Always. Of course. That's why I show up. Okay, well, I've got enough to On give time. us. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? That's why I show up what? On time. <laughs> At first I just said, it's why I show up. And then well, I was like, I heard that. wait, I'm leaving an opportunity to slam ski on the table. <laughs> Can't have that. Yes. <laughs> I was late again. <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks he's been doing pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, yeah. Exactly. Some of the times. <laughs> I mean, for like over across the eight seasons we've been doing this, mm-hmm. more often than not, I think I'm on time. I mean, you, you showed up more times on time than uh, Pick Me has. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, see? There you go. Well, as people who are astute listeners may know, um, Alan's been on time every time. He has. Yeah, I've never been late once. But, um, <laughs> I, I think I've had to ask us to postpone at least one time, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I gave enough notice. Yeah. I think, so. Yeah. And I yeah. think Brent's had maybe one time where he had to ask us to postpone, and then mm-hmm. you know we've had a few. Brent and I typically don't mind if we have to postpone as long as he knows, you know, like early in the day on the day we're going to record. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, it's okay, Ski. Yeah. He looks. He just looks kind of dejected. Doesn't he does. He? <laughs> I do honestly feel bad any time that I'm late. I really do. Hurry, Brent! Start making fun of his daughter. That'll get him barked up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta save some for the recap. <laughs> That's half the material. <laughs> exactly. Well, as I was about to say. <laughs> oh, her marriage isn't on the rocks. <laughs> normally do three episodes at a time when we're recording these um so i have enough listener interactions to to cover you know all three episodes yeah but i also have a review so what would you guys like this week would you like our a new review that we got or uh one Um, or two listener interactions let's do the listener interactions okay Um, well we got a message from uh from jennifer Jennifer. welcome back yes welcome back to america i don't know she's i'm not sure if she is or not um i know that she's been you know, hard at work recording music in paradise. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know. But surely by the time this drops, she'd be back, right? I would think so. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't going to be dropping until, like, mid-November. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she should be back by then, yeah. I would think. Um, well, I'd, I'd put a, a, a post out there for a Golden Palace episode two, um, okay. which was promotional considerations. Mm-hmm. And what I said, I said, maybe if Sophia's Choice let a serial killer join the podcast, we would see an increase in our listenership. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> perhaps we already have one in our midst, and the revelation would give us the boost that we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Which of us do you think is most likely to have a dark passenger? <laughs> <laughs> I said, this isn't a threat, um, but your life may depend on joining us for an all-new episode of Sophia's Choice. Okay. Dexter was in Miami, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> And Jennifer said, uh, why do I feel vaguely threatened? <laughs> and I said, I think you misunderstood the post. You should feel overtly threatened. <laughs> uh, perhaps I should reward it more uh, directly uh, to convey the intended message. <laughs> and she sent a gif of uh, Sophia saying, oh, I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a fine response. Yeah, well done, Jennifer. So. And then uh, we also had a, a message recently from Lisa. Oh, hello, Lisa. Hello again. And Lisa was, Lisa said, uh, this would have been uh, for episode three, um, Miles, We Hardly Knew Ye. Yeah. Where they yeah, apparently really, we hardly knew ye at all. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. tear him down to the bone on that mm-hmm. one. Um, but she said, uh, I actually assumed they wrote him out because they wanted the character of Rose to be single so she could date. 
living in the hotel, her and Miles couldn't have gotten married, and Single Rose is more interesting, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, we figured the same, but wish they could have gotten rid of Miles in a way that didn't turn him into a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Rose's next love interest will still be Harold Gould, just with another name. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. That would be great. That was part of the... uh, her. like contract when she started on with the Golden Girls. Yeah. It was like, well, I only want one guy. <laughs> yeah. But she's had a couple other fellows on the on the show, but Yeah, but not like love interest really. That's like true. remember the cheese man was mm-hmm. like kind of in the mix, but he was only there mm-hmm. as like a, a prop basically to get back yeah. at uh, Miles. Yeah, that's true. He uh popped up the other day on um a Hitchcock movie I was watching. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, the, the actor man? Did? Yeah, um Barney Martin. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Would you watch? Uh, it was the wrong man. It's really good. Apparently, that... he was the wrong man for Rose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Been watching a lot of Hitchcock lately. Uh, have you? Yeah. I don't feel like I've watched a Hitchcock movie in a long time. Mm. I've definitely seen a handful of them. Yeah. I mean, some of them are just really mm-hmm. well-known classics. Mm-hmm. That one that you just named, I can't say that I've heard mm-hmm. of. It's um, really good. Have you watched a Hitchcock movie that you've ever thought, like, man, that movie was garbage? Um... I definitely like the first time I watched Vertigo. I was underwhelmed mm-hmm. by, but now I love it and everything. But was that probably a case of you went into it like it's a classic movie, yeah. so you were expecting to be blown away, mm-hmm. and then when you weren't, you felt yeah, disappointed. Exactly. And now that I've seen it, you know, probably a dozen times now, and I sort of understand why I didn't much care for it the first time. Mm-hmm. And everything, so. Were you just uh, not ready to accept the greatness of it yet? Yeah, I just. <laughs> I think it partly just came down to. Kim Novak and her performance and everything. Mm. Like, I didn't, I don't know. Now, if you've watched it a dozen times, I'm guessing you mm-hmm. hated it 1 through 11, but on 12, you're like, That's yeah. when it clicked. <laughs> See, if yeah. people would give us the same opportunity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, just listen to us a dozen, two dozen, three dozen times, mm-hmm. you know, each episode, and then you'll you'll like us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think that, you know, if we have X number of listeners, like once we wrap up, you know, season eight and then our 37-part finale, um, <laughs> then they're going to make an opinion be like, yeah, I will recommend this to my friends. Right. <laughs> That's they right. Want... They're wanting to see. I, I, bet, I bet there's actually a podcast we're not aware of out mm-hmm. there that's rating our system. Mm-hmm. Right, like. The, the, the Sophia's Choice Choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just don't want to, you know, recommend us, and then, you know, we botch the ending, and they're like, well, now I got egg on my face. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they disagree with our picks, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah, it would be kind of funny if at the very end we were like, yeah, we actually decided to go off the board, <laughs> and we're mm-hmm. picking oh, an entirely different one. <laughs> that mm-hmm. wasn't even one that initially made mm-hmm. and made the cut. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about having like a loser's bracket. Yeah. The loser's bracket ends up uh, yeah. we decided <laughs> catapulting we were, to the you know, front line. We really didn't give empty nests its due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. We're like right all the time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Brother, can you spare a jacket? Is right? the vertigo I, of oh, the yeah. <laughs> Golden Girls. I was going to say that one next. <laughs> Like, none of the other ones featured a song by Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody does it better. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent, I know uh, you're probably going to say it's turn because your turn because you think this episode's about you. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you're ready for the recap, uh, take it away. Right. Golden Girls Season 8, Episode 10, Marriage on the Rocks with a Twist. Uh, so this episode originally aired on November 20th, 1992, 
the sound for this episode was handled by Ed Epstein. Uh, he'd previously handled the sound for 20 episodes of It's a Living, 16 episodes of The Golden Girls, and would handle all 24 episodes of Golden Palace. He'd later handle the sound for 70 episodes of Empty Nest. He didn't receive any awards for this episode, but he did earn an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Sound Mixing for the Golden Girls episode, Ladies of the Evening. Ah. Um, so this, this is the 20th, right? November 20th? Yes. That's my dad's birthday. Oh, nice. One day after your birthday. Yeah. Yep. So this episode of Golden Palace was the first to drop after I turned 16 and got my driver's license. Obviously, me, my Ford Mercury Cougar, and the young lady who was spending social time with me at the time had more important things to do than stay in and watch the Golden Palace. So you'll forgive me for leaning on the internet a bit when I do these remaining recaps. <laughs> Doubtful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was nice for your mom to spend social time with you. But... <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, um, you know, the one-year anniversary of my quinceanera wasn't the only thing being celebrated that weekend. <laughs> we also had the following happening on November 20th. <laughs> These are celebrations. Yeah, just yeah. Okay. Milestones that happen on November twentieth okay. throughout history. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Y'all having fun? Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. All right. Eighteen twenty. About to stop. <laughs> yeah, as yeah, a warning. Yeah. Right. Hit the high water mark. Eighteen twenty, an eighty-ton sperm whale attacked and sunk the whaling ship Essex. Uh, this inspired Herman Melville's 1851 novel, Moby Dick, and was considered the worst sperm-related accident until Ski became a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But much like that one, it spawned a masterpiece, right? <laughs> that was very well. Yeah. Thank you. That's very kind. Yep. 1891, uh, Reginald Denny, uh, the English actor and First World War I gunner, was born. He's one of those guys who had a tremendous career, but because I'm me, I'm going to reduce him to his best and final role, Commodore Schmidlap in the uh -huh. Batman 66 movie. <laughs> that's the only one that's really important, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> it's a fine, fine film. Like, he has, um, like, DVD box sets devoted to his career and everything, but they don't have Batman 66 in it, so I like, screw Good. that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 1900, Chester Gould, the creator of Dick Tracy, was born. Kind of cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, Chester died in 1985, and he was unable to see Dick Tracy, the movie, you know, which for my money is the most underrated comic book movie this side of the Hulk. Which year did that come out? Uh, 1990. Yep. So just five years shy then, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so in case you're keeping track at home and wanting to round out the top three, the third most underrated comic book movie would be Daredevil. Okay. Now, but you would only consider that director's cut, or would ben that Affleck be even the or? original cut? Both of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Especially the director's cut's definitely, you know, underappreciated. Oh, they've seen the director's cut. Oh, it's amazing. It. I haven't either. Brent's been, you know, extolling its virtues forever, but, yeah. I, but I haven't signed it. I never watched Electra. Was that good? Did you guys see that one? It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's, it's, I mean, it's reprising the same roles. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to modern <coughs> MCU movies, yeah, it's, it's not great, but for its time, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. It's an all right watch. Yeah. Um, the director's cut of Electra is nothing to write home about. You know, you don't need to see that one. Gotcha. That's one of those things where I think, who decided we needed a director's cut of this movie? That it's like it it kind of bombed, I think, as far mm -hmm. as uh, both critical yeah, acclaim mm -hmm. and box office success. Yeah. 
it just seems odd that someone would be like, yeah, we need to mm-hmm. <laughs> not just to, you know, release this, but we need to have a special cut of it yeah. <laughs> for the big fans. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think sometimes the director, like, especially if something does poorly, mm-hmm. maybe they think, like, well, they just didn't see my vision. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what Brent, you know, essentially says about the Daredevil movie. Mm-hmm. So Does it change a lot? Oh, yeah. It's so much Zach, I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League is apparently much different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I it's, mean, maybe it's true in a lot of cases. Oh, it's definitely true. I said it was. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying... Never you mind. <laughs> uh, 1923, a Swedish sprint canoeer Gunnar Ackerlund was born. He won Olympic medals in 1948 and 1952, and outside of Numi, is widely considered to be the pride of Sweden. <laughs> I don't know. Numi hasn't contacted us in so long. I think she's uh, lost that title to Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's I disagree. Second place now, and unless she sends us a message, then she jumps mm-hmm. right back up to the top. Yeah. Them's uh, steep criteria. Mm-hmm. But for someone to send us a message? <laughs> yeah, that is quite the ask. Yeah. Uh, Gunner's never sent us a message. That's true. We've been dead long ago. <laughs> never sent us a message from the great beyond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Break out your Ouija board and your planchette. And <laughs> uh, 1925, uh, Robert Kennedy, RFK, if you're nasty, was born. Uh, if JFK was Groucher Marx, I'd say that RFK was Chico. If I'm being generous, that makes Ted Kennedy Harpo. But honestly, he's probably more of a Zeppo. Fair enough. All Who, who's RFK Jr.? Modern references. <laughs> RFK Jr.? <laughs> um, I don't know, some asshole. <laughs> I mean, several of them are. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of the pretty boy. Um, Mark's brother. The pretty boy Mark's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. No, there, was, there was one Mark's brother. Like, you know, they all had the role. Mm-hmm. And then they had one, there was one brother who was like a normal looking guy okay. or whatever. And he always played like the romantic interest, Ted. like the straight man. Mm-hmm. You Ted know? Mark. <laughs> like it would be him and some pretty girl. Yeah. And like they'd be, you know, dating or whatever. And then the other Mark's brothers would be like anarchy around him or whatever. Fair. So. <laughs> I can't say I ever really watched a lot of Marsh Brothers. I think I've seen little clips here and there, but I don't really know. good. I don't think I've ever seen a full movie mm-hmm. of theirs. They're worth checking out. I mean, it's ridiculous, Ski. I mean, they just because they stopped making movies seventy years before you were born <laughs> doesn't mean that you shouldn't have been well versed. <laughs> well, they are a classic group, though. I mean, yeah, that's they're true. <laughs> and my timeline's off too. It wasn't quite that yeah. far back, but still. Ski's like, listen, I'm still working my way through the Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. Once I get caught up on those, then well, I'll... just got to watch them a dozen times each. Exactly. <laughs> Number 12 is like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, hellur. <laughs> hellur, indeed. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, 1926, John Gardner, my favorite James Bond writer, was born. He might not have originated the character, but his 14 original James Bond novels are probably my 14 favorite James Bond novels. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. 1942, Bob Einstein, Larry Middleman himself, was born. He was also known as Super Dave Osborne and also as the brother of famous Simpsons contributor, Albert Brooks. Very nice. That is cool. I, I didn't, didn't realize that connection. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. Well, that's why, because Albert had to change his name. Um, 
because you know he was Albert Einstein, uh-huh. and he's like, you can't get into comedy with that name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he changed it to Albert Brooks. Yeah, you don't want to be the butt of the joke. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also born on this day in 1942, Meredith Monk. Uh, she's a composer, performer, director, vocalist, filmmaker, and choreographer, but around these parts, she's best known for either contributing music to The Big Lebowski or being sampled on DJ Shadow's all-time greatest album, Introducing. I mean, by these parts, you just mean literally your seat? Yes, yes. <laughs> my third of the table. <laughs> also born on this day in 1942, Norman Greenbaum, whose song Spirit in the Sky continues to let audiences know that they're watching a movie set in the 1960s. <laughs> Uh, also born on this day in 1942, Joe Biden, who was considered the pride of Scranton until Dunder Mifflin came to town. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, 1943. 42 is a big year. Yeah, yeah. In 1943, not as big, but still. <laughs> <laughs> we got Suze Rotolo, American artist, and Bob Dylan's girlfriend from 1961 to 1964. Well, just a tiny step down. Yep. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dylan acknowledged her influence on his music and art during that period and even included a picture of the two of them on the cover of his 63 album, The Free Will and Bob Dylan. Ah, that's a pretty famous album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a famous picture, too. And he got an homage in Vanilla Sky, which is the most underrated Tom Cruise movie. I haven't seen all of them, so uh, I, I do feel like I've seen Vanilla Sky, though. We did. Know. We saw it together back oh, okay. in high school, I think. It's a kind of a trippy one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It had to be like... High school or right after high school? I think it was college, but it was... came out probably 98 or so. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Then we would have just been graduating. Mm -hmm. 1946, Dwayne Allman was born, besides being my favorite Allman brother. uh, He was also called the ninth greatest guitarist by Rolling Stone magazine in 2011. Pretty high honor, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it is, but at the same time, ninth doesn't feel great. You know, like, it's like, yeah, ninth. I mean, of all, you well, for can, Rolling Stone, though, they, they've got all the greats. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. it's not just like a top ten list on a, you know, website, but still. Okay. For 1947, you know, we're going to again refer to Rolling Stone's 2011 ranking of guitarist. Okay. Joe Walsh was number 54. Oh, really? And he was born on November 20th, 1947. He was also an eagle, but I don't hold that against him. <laughs> Uh, 1948. Do you not like the Eagles? Yeah, I don't. Oh, not I would have guessed that. Yeah. You, guess, you would have guessed I do like the Eagles? Yeah. Really? Hmm. I mean, they're a pretty famous band. It's not like he's guessing that you would like this, I don't know, um, Gore. Paul Wall. He's <laughs> <laughs> doing the grandpa rock now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was this thing? Oh, it was that he had, I don't know, his hair and whatnot. No, no, of... like, what was the song? What did oh, he say? I mean, I remember it was about grills, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember, I don't remember it that well. Yeah. But it had something to do with his grills, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Uh, 1948, uh, Swedish racing driver Gunnar Nelson was born. Outside of Numi and Gunnar Auckland, he's widely considered to be the pride of Sweden. <laughs> Gunnar seems I'm like glad a... that you pulled up two Gunners. Yeah. Uh, 1949, uh, Swedish writer, poet, songwriter, composer, musician, and artist Ulf Gerhard Wundel was born. Outside of Numi, Gunnar Acklin, and Gunnar Nelson, he's widely considered to be the pride of Sweden. <laughs> I just like the idea that, that the pride of Sweden really mostly takes being born on that specific date and then doing something of note. It's one of the prerequisites, yes. Yeah. I do sense a, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
creeping on here. Yeah. Uh, 1962, oh, Cuban. Hey, you forgot 1952. What happened in 1952? Oh, your yeah. dad was born. That's right. It would have been 40 on the day this uh, episode came out. Yeah, besides you... Numi, Gunner, Gunner. And... <laughs> His uh, dad's not he had no real. He had no real connection to yeah. Sweden. But... Do you remember what you got your dad for his 40th? Oh, not at all. I don't remember at all. <laughs> Probably uh, a sit-down watch of the uh, Golden Palace. Yeah. I got, um. so for my 16th birthday, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, car, driver's license, whatever. But I do remember I got the Blind Melon CD. Uh, me and my mom were at the mall, and she let me pick out a CD, and I picked out the Blind Melon one. Very nice. Yeah. It's a nice little memory. The one with the bumblebee? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That first one, so good. Everything. We got perfect discography, but especially that first one. Anyways, 1962, Cuban Missile Crisis ends. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm not a fan of the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> With that being said, it did give us James Brown's Live at the Apollo, so you got to give the Cuban Missile Crisis a modicum of props. <laughs> yeah, I share a funny story? Absolutely. Kind of a cruel story, actually. Okay. Make even better. Yeah. So, uh, there Does was it involve a, a sperm whale? No. Oh. But it does involve the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, okay. Interesting. So me, uh, James, and his brother Danny, who's mm-hmm. one of our close friends, mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. estranged sorts yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a long time, we were and all And you guys were born close. 20 years after the Cuban Missile Crisis? We were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Just lay in the ground work here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a movie, right? It's like three degrees of Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. But yeah. <laughs> so there was a movie. The movie came out uh, about the new Cuban... 13 days? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And me, James, and Danny all went to go see it. Nice. And uh, Danny, I won't call him stupid by any stretch, but sometimes he... <laughs> That's always a way to start off. I'm mm-hmm. going to call him stupid, but I won't say yeah. it. <laughs> he's not stupid. He, he's, I would say, sometimes slow about catching on himself. Would you okay. agree? Sure. Like, socially awkward sometimes about it. Okay. So, but because of that, me and James were feeling like dicks that day, mm-hmm. and we decided to pick on him, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so after the movie, we, it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were walking out of the theater like, man, could you imagine if that ever really happened? <laughs> <laughs> and Danny was like, what are you talking about? That was about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, yeah, could you imagine if that was real? Oh, that was so close to America. <laughs> Danny was like, come on, guys. That's real, right? You, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's funny. Me and James like had him going for probably twenty minutes. That was all uh-huh. fake, and he was like real frustrated. And then he finally let go. And really? then, so we're just kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, nope. that was at an age prior to the internet being a thing in your pocket, <laughs> yeah. to where you could go and look it up. Yeah. I only hope that you pulled the same joke after Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him that was like the next story in uh, Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of cruel, but it was also very funny mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. Yeah. At least. Uh, 1963, uh, Disney legend Ming-Na Wen was born. I'm indifferent to Mulan, and I'm not too passionate about her Star Wars appearances, but I'll go on record as saying she's a top 25 MCU actor. Who is Ming-Na Wen? Melinda May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, never seen. Well, she also did the voice of Mulan, and she also did... Uh, Finnick Shand, I believe, is the name of the yeah. character from Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many other things. So. I think she was in the Joy Luck Club or something like that, too. Probably. That sounds racist that you said probably. What? No. <laughs> 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 
Okay. <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility that she was in it. She's age appropriate. Yeah. Good save. <laughs> it's 1965. Uh, Beastie Boy Mike D was born. I was having a hard time coming up with the Mike D line that I'd like to use to represent his MC skills, but I finally settled on this line from Check Your Head's Professor Booty. Mm-hmm. You've got the booming system, but it's blasting out doo-doo. You think it's chocolate milk, but it's watered down yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put that on your tombstone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then born on this day in 1975, dog. After the Beastie Boys MCA, a.k.a. Mr. Adam Yalk, the five-foot assassin is my favorite DC strapper. So this ain't his best couplet, but it's definitely on point. 112070, who would have known that premature born will be grabbing microphones? Called Malik Isaac Taylor to Walton Sherrill, grew up a sports fanatic, wanting to box for gold medals. Very nice. Yep. Also born on this day in 1970, Sabrina Lloyd, the secret weapon of my all-time favorite sitcom sports night. And 1971, Joel McHale from Community was born. Uh, my wife and I are currently watching him on Animal Control, and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say that I like that show a hell of a lot more than she does. <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, no, it's not. But it, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm giving it too much praise. It's not super funny, uh, I was, I was, but I like the characters, and I like just you know watching them interact and everything. Oh, okay. And I laugh once or twice an episode, but it, I don't laugh nearly as hard as I do at my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, well, I don't no. know if you found the comedy that hits that spot for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't know what kind of comedy it was because I knew it was a comedic show, it's, but I didn't know if it was more dry, like because like uh, until you brought up uh, Sports Night, that was yeah. kind of a dry humor mm-hmm. show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was more like that or if it was more laugh out loud. Like no, it's um. <sighs> I guess it'd be the midpoint between the office and Parks and Rec, you know? Um, Like, I don't know. I guess it's mainly just like when they're interacting with the animals is the parts that I'm like, okay, I think that's probably the whole reason why they do the show. And those are the parts that I don't really find particularly amusing, you know? I mean, like, just like Joel McHale being kind of a jerk to people around him. Yeah. (laughs) That's the part that I like. (laughs) So. Did you you see recently, speaking of Joel McHale, that... uh, Chevy Chase said it just uh, the show just wasn't funny enough for him, and that's why he yeah, watched Community. Exactly, <laughs> the comedy wasn't hard hitting enough. Yeah. Or something like that. I have to assume that means it wasn't racist enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Or> exactly. <laughs> Didn't they say that kind of about Chevy, like the, the actors from the show? Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of reports about him being a really challenging person to be around. Yeah, so. he couldn't ad lib a fart after a baked bean dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Nice to watch the wheels turn in there. Exactly. Johnny Carson. But I couldn't remember the sequence if it started with baked bean dinner and ended with ad lib ah. a fart or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1975, Joshua Gomez, who played Morgan Grimes on Chuck, was born. I encourage all of you to hurry up and watch Chuck before Zachary Levi gets himself canceled. <laughs> you think that's around the bend? I do. <laughs> <laughs> What's he been doing to do that? Yeah, just just more Shazam. (laughs) (laughs) Just I don't know. His opinions are getting way out there. (laughs) So, nineteen seventy-eight, Nadine Velaquez, who played Catalina on My Name Is Earl, was born. I think that's one of the all-time great sitcom casts. I think Miss Velaquez was, you know, held her own against her uglier (laughs) co-stars. 
And then finally, 2006, Robert Altman, who gave us Popeye and Elliot Gould's best movie, The Long Goodbye, died. Another thing well. we celebrated that day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I like to acknowledge. Did he, right, did he do anything of note in Sweden? <laughs> in Sweden? <laughs> or for the Swedes in general? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. No. Fuck. Maybe. It was a joke. It wasn't intended to be a serious question, so... He doesn't know. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> he let, he let Swedish singer-songwriter Nielsen do the soundtrack to Popeye. Good for him. And that's why he is considered... <laughs> by many. Yeah, by many. Exactly. <laughs> to be the sixth most prideful yeah. member, or you know, <laughs> prideful. Well, person that, that the people are most prideful about. Yeah, so. you tell Camden to simmer down up there, and they will be. Yeah. Uh, you need to go check them out. No, no, it's fine. Y'all ready for a recap? Yeah. <laughs> you did say you had like three thousand words. Yeah, there was two thousand nine hundred of <laughs> them right there. Exactly. <laughs> Got another ten so, minutes to go, and we'll be out of here. We have like a half page left, or <laughs> right. <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> you can edit this, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Don't play these things in real time. <laughs> now, do you ever have any good edits where, like, you clearly have to put something in and it's like, this was from us, Mr. Black? <laughs> I mean, I never add stuff in. I mean, there was one time, I think I mentioned it on this podcast, it's been a while back now, where, like, I had to edit some stuff out. I, feel like it was stuff where maybe we had gotten a little more political than I like or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, or maybe there was something that somebody said that then they didn't want in. I can't remember, but I had to edit a chunk out. But the way it ended up going is like I was talking and then Brent just says out of completely out of context, I rode the Bart. Yeah, just made me so that. happy laughing about that because it just sounded like it in the conversation it made sense because yeah. I think one of us or I, probably I had brought it up in some way, shape or form and mm-hmm. But otherwise, the way it ended up editing is it just sounded like Brent yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to let us know that he rode the bar. <laughs> what I would love is, and you have my permission to do this or whatever. Like, do you ever add sound effects in? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like morning zoo kind of. <laughs> I would love for it to be like, you know, I'm just doing my recap, and I'm like, and this week we're debuting a new feature, and you just like, like the, the needle scratch, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel if you listened to it and you said, and this week a new feature, and then you're wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 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 you think the boing-oing is good, because then it makes it sound like that we're getting horny over a new feature. <laughs> 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 not, oh, that, yeah. not that tired, stale stuff anymore. Right. <laughs> He's got the fresh content. <laughs> This is a side note. I learned the other day that they actually have a Jock Jams Volume 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you pick it up yet? Nah, no. But like the last track on there is the chicken dance. Oh, and okay. I was like, man, there's probably not a Volume 4. <laughs> already scraping the barrel there? Yeah. Exactly. It's like a whole CD of Baby Elephant Walk at this point. <laughs> well, surely there's got to be more jams that are jock worthy <laughs> like at this point. Like... 
Like, I would think that the old jock jams would be replaced by new. Oh, of yeah, I'm sure song. it's all Seven Nation Army and stuff like uh, that yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, it may not be here yet, but Jock Jams 4, it'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure Jock Jams 4 will just be like a Spotify playlist. Right. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the opening credits let us know that this will be another Oliver Free episode. Uh, this is four episodes in a row without that lovable tyke, so I think we can safely assume that we'll never, ever see or hear from him again. Ever. If, if you'd like to use the comments section to suggest where Oliver's at this week, be my guest. Just know that I'm already calling dibs on... Floating to Cuba to show Ellie and Gonzalez it can be done in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> the, episode, the episode starts with all five of the cast members in the lobby of the Golden Palace. Uh, Blanche and Roland are behind the counter. Rose is tidying up, and Sophia is looking at the Shimshack circular. Hmm. Chewie enters, not in his chef's uniform, but in a blue Tim the Toolman Taylor work shirt. Chewie starts to hang a banner on the front of the desk. It's an advertisement for Miami's most popular DJs, Bill and Milton. With names like that, I can understand why the kids love them. That's right, yeah. Uh, Blanche lets the studio audience know that business has been slow and that getting Bill and Milton is the Golden Palace's best coup since the time they booked Liberace and Edie Gourmet. <laughs> che <laughs> Chewie finishes hanging the sign and Blanche sends him back to the kitchen. He tells her that, he, that the brusque way she's dismissed him makes him think that he's one of her dates. He should have compared himself to one of her dates when she initially informed him that she wanted something well hung. <laughs> so, our focus has shifted to Roland and the telephone call he's been on. Apparently his parents are flying into town and he suspects it's because his dog Taffy has passed away. Mm. He tells the Goldens that Taffy... dog name. Yeah, yeah. He tells them Taffy was 14 and he suspects Big Tobacco killed her. Rose tells him <laughs> that... it often does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rose tells him that nobody likes a smart ass, gets a laugh, and Taffy is forgotten. That was actually my favorite line, I think, in the, the mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, it was like, sarcasm Rolly. I thought it was funny that she called him Rolly yeah. like his parents do. It's yeah. sarcasm Rolly. Uh, maybe that's why Daddy didn't want you on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really talks, yeah. One of the things, the setup was uh, he knew it was bad news coming because his dad called him Rolly. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. And the last time like he got called that was when he got cut from... Was it a baseball team? Or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, little league team. Yeah. yeah, and I think the sarcasm that when Rose asked why the dog died, this very old dog. Yeah, he's. And sure. that's when he said she was a smoker, Rose. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm glad that Rose got the sarcasm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. that, and, and the line was really solid overall. It yeah. was a great Rose moment. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, so for the second scene. Um, it's also in the lobby, and we see Bill and Milton, played by the incomparable Tim Conway and Harvey Corman signing autographs and dressed to protect themselves against the chilly Miami weather. Right. Uh, <laughs> Chewie and so cold. It is. Uh, Chewie and Sophia introduced themselves, asked Bill and Milton if they're still impractical jokers, and listened to a Conway Corman bit about alligators, chickens, and missing toes. Uh, Bill and Milton say they've not had much luck finding people stupid enough to fall for their pranks, and right on time, Rose enters the lobby. She does a funny bit where she runs up the stairs to catch an elevator. Chewie and Sophia leave the lobby with Bill and Milton in tow, which is slightly different from leaving the lobby with Bill, Milton, and tow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah, that was okay. good, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as they're leaving, uh, Roland returns from the airport with his parents. Uh, they're suitably impressed with the Golden Palace, and he tells them that he's built a classy, dignified establishment. Again, right on time, Rose comes running through the lobby. Uh, she's moving quicker than that time she remembered it was her birthday and she'd forgotten to preheat the oven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Roland's parents are concerned, but Roland tells them that he'll contact the proper authorities. His parents say that they'd like to get cleaned up before dinner, and Roland explodes on them. He tells them that he knows they're bearers of bad news, and he wants them to get it over with. His parents tell him that their love is a sham and that his entire life is a lie. Uh, well, they, a good portion of it would have been, right? 20 yeah. years, yeah. Like, he's probably a 30-something guy at this point, right? Maybe I 20s think, or 30s? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like 27 or so. about right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, but still. Yeah. Either yeah. way, regardless of how old he is, if his parents have had 20 years of yeah. you know, unhappy marriage. Yeah, that's so. almost his whole life. Yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, they announce that they're getting divorced, and since they're doling out the bad news, they might as well tell him that 14-year-old Taffy's stretch has ended. I did think it was great that he said, um, you know, when they mentioned it, that they've been unhappy for 20 years, mm -hmm. Roland says, like, so you guys been unhappy for 20 years? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what's another 20 more? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. By then, you'll be too old to care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the third scene takes place on the Golden Palace Lanai. Uh, Bill and Milton are interviewing Blanche and, for some reason, acting as if she's a transvestite. Uh, once the interview runs its course, these geriatric shock jocks move on to the audience participation portion of the show. Uh, they're looking for a volunteer and, at the promise of getting some magic beans, Rose volunteers. A TARDIS-sized tank of water is unveiled and Milton is submerged. Uh, there's a moment where Rose wisely says that air is more important than faith, and with this theological theory isn't pursued. <laughs> uh, you know, the Lord would disagree, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so while Milton hams it up in the tank, uh, Bill asks Rose a series of farm-related questions. Uh, she starts to get stumped on name 50 things you plant on a farm, and after she gets to Chewy's favorite cash crop, we learn that Milton has died. Rose is understandably distraught. Uh, she's never killed a man outside of the bedroom before. <laughs> uh, Rose runs away, and the scene ends with Chewie telling Sophia that the paper boy was right. She is a mean old lady. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there are occasions when Sophia does make herself a little challenging to like. Yeah. Um, like, I do get the idea of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, take shots at you and whatnot. Uh -huh. Like, that's part of her charm. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing something that you legitimately think is causing significant distress yeah. to somebody, uh -huh. that yeah. goes beyond, like, Con a, a funny... Yeah, telling someone yeah. they murdered someone or were, yeah. were, in any way, the responsible party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A comment in the heat of the moment is one thing, premeditated torture. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, yeah, and it even like even if you plan the joke and then you're like, oh yeah, that got a really good. Now I'm gonna go tell mm -hmm. her. That's one thing, but to let someone twist in the wood and and then mm -hmm. you know take pleasure in the twisting, <laughs> like that's that's just a little much. Uh, so this week we're debuting a new feature. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Boy, <William. laughs> that I'm calling Conway and Corman. <laughs> it's basically just random facts about them and their collaborations. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so collectively, they won 10 Emmys, uh, with wow. Tim, Tim Conway winning 60% of those. That's six. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Let me double-check that math. Where's my abacus? Uh, they first worked together in 1966 on an episode of The Danny Kay Show. In 1967, they worked together for the first time on The Carol Burnett Show. In those early seasons, Tim Conway was only a guest star, while Harvey Corman was part of the main cast. Uh, they collaborated periodically on The Carol Burnett Show for over 10 years. Uh, Harvey Corman guest starred on the Tim Conway show in 1981, and then Conway wrote the movie The Long Shot for the two of them, and they filmed it in 1986. Conway also wrote two direct-to-video films for them, Tim and Harvey in the Great Outdoors and Tim and Harvey Together Again. Uh, Corman and Conway were, have been jointly inducted into the Television Hall of Fame in 2002. Uh, both Tim and Harvey worked with Betty White outside of the Golden Girls, 
Tim was in two episodes of Hot in Cleveland, while Harvey was in numerous episodes of Mama's Family with Betty and with Rue McClanahan. Yep. And then as a bonus fun fact, I just want to mention that one of the episodes of Mama's Family that Harvey did was The Wedding Part 2. That one featured Harvey, Betty, and Rue attending the wedding of Vinton and Naomi, and as all weddings are, it was officiated by a friend of the show, Earl Bowen. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's been such a big contributor. He has. We've mentioned him a time or two. That's fair. I like that. It's uh, Wedding Part 2, mm-hmm. which is almost the exact same title as uh, um, the final episode of mm-hmm. uh, Golden, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, which also featured Earl Bowen and Minister in the Wedding. It's yeah. not at all the same title, though, because that one is One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest Part 2. Okay, you're right. I mean, the Part 2 it does have that in common. <laughs> and it was about a wedding. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. The content is yeah. true. Actually, wasn't there an episode like well, maybe it was Sophia's that was that, called like wedding? Yeah, Sophia's wedding part yeah, one or something. I'm probably like getting that it mixed up in my head. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Sorry. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next scene's in the kitchen. Uh, Chewie again tells Sophia that she's a mean old woman and that she shouldn't make a monkey out of Rose. Rose enters and t- she tells him that uh, she's escorting a moth off the property. Uh, she proceeds to the delivery door and upon releasing the moth. We see flashing lights and hear the comically loud sound of an electric shock. Between you and me, the sound was so funny. This should have been the Ed Epstein's Emmy episode. (laughs) Uh, Chewie tells Sophia that if she doesn't tell Rose the truth, he will. Sophia says she will. She doesn't much care for how this prank is making her feel. Chewie suggests she's finally feeling shame, but Sophia says the whole experience has been sexually exciting. Mm. That's the second time this episode the writers have put some magic in a bean. <laughs> I knew Ski was going to like yeah. that. <laughs> That's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. That yeah. one was for you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because that one gets right to that edge. Um. <laughs> right to the lip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sophia leaves the kitchen at a snail's pace and apparently with a snail trail, just as Blanche, <laughs> just as Blanche and Roland enter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a twofer for you, Ski. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you cater to yourself, but today you've got another audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Roland tells Blanche that his parents don't need her life experiences, but when he learns his father wants to move in with him, he starts singing a different tune. Uh, he offers Blanche a seat at the table, and she proceeds to bring up all of Roland's parents' issues while simultaneously telling them about her own lusty husband. Lusty zesty. Yeah. Uh, The scene ends with Roland's parents asking him again to sit down. Apparently the divorce is far enough along that there are new step-parents in the picture, which kind of makes you wonder why Roland's father wants to live with him instead of with his new side piece. Right. Well, they don't necessarily say that both of them have a new spouse or or significant other. Yeah, because Peter said he wouldn't have to get used to a step-parent, and then they're like, oh, you should sit down. So, yeah, I guess it could just be the mom that's shacking up at this point. Yeah. Or maybe... uh, Roland's dad has got to wait till his significant other breaks it off on their spouse. Right. <laughs> I don't know where you're going because, like, there could be that way that would be one possibility. And then I thought maybe you were thinking, kind of putting your own self in his dad's position to be like, he has to wait till his significant <laughs> other is of age. Right. <laughs> in order to, you know, be able to legally tie the knot. So. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So this week we're debuting another new feature. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Can I stop you real fast? Yeah. You made an awesome, like, play on words earlier about making a monkey out of Rose. Yeah. But that was another one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. Chewie was talking to Rose, you know, mm-hmm. or no, Chewie was talking to Sophia mm-hmm. about trying to get her to come clean to Rose. Mm-hmm. And he uh, says something like, 
I think we both know the noble chimp has a leg up on Rose. Yeah. I just yeah. thought that was a great line. Yeah, like the fact that it was a noble chimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that too. Sorry. Go it's ahead. okay. No worries. Um, so this new feature I'm calling a Who's the Birthday Boy? Okay. <laughs> I'll provide you with upwards of 10 clues about someone celebrating a birthday on November 20th. Right. And whoever guesses the correct <laughs> answer first wins a prize. <laughs> no, this is somebody I did not list previously. Okay. So he was born in Dallas on November 20th, 1929. Uh, his father was a rancher, and he's listed as being six foot one. All right, I'm going to go with, let's see, so 1929. At this point, that would make him... Like 96, he's probably dead, um, but he'd be in his 90s at this point. I'm going to go with uh, Ed Asner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a guess here? Just six foot one. Yeah, that wouldn't work. But um, Steven Seagal. Yes. <laughs> 1929's own Steven Seagal. <laughs> uh, he attended Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas on a scholarship before going on to study at London's Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts earning a scholarship there through the Fulbright program. I'll go with Clint Eastwood. Um, John Wayne. IMDB describes him as, quote, a highly engaging, charismatic, and reliable character actor with a long and distinguished career spanning half a century. Birthday Boy has been gracing both the big and small screen and stage with many enjoyable performances highlighted by a relaxed and pleasing southern twang. Let me go with... Uh... Shanamuel Clemens. <laughs> hmm. Southern twang. Billy Goat Gruff. Okay. Uh, his wife, Diane, teaches acting, and she taught River Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Hilary Swank. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think Southern twang. Um, go with uh, Sam Rockford. I have the wrong name in my mind. Sam Rockwell? Rockwell, yeah. But even that's not the right person yeah. I'm thinking of. So um, Sam Rockwell is much younger. Yeah. <laughs> and not Southern. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't having the slightest. Yeah. Uh, his daughter is best known for playing Jane Levinson Gould on The Office. Oh, okay. Um, that still doesn't get me there, but yeah. uh, I'll go with uh, oh, um, Robert Duvall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he was prolific in the 70s, appearing on Starsky and Hutch, The Streets of San Francisco, Little House on the Prairie, The Rockford Files, and the Helen Hunt classic Angel Dusted. Mm-hmm. This doesn't help at all. I'll go with uh, Michael Landon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the 1980s, he was on Miami Vice, Murder, She Wrote, and La Law. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to... I think I'm going to go with uh, Sam Elliott. That's who I was trying to think of before. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so. That's a good guess. At least, yeah. at least I got there. Um, I'm going to say Al Sr. <laughs> uh, the 90s included Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, and Matlock. Okay. I'm going to have to go with uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> His most recent credit was a 2013 episode of The Middle. Uh, Norm MacDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Southern Dwayne. Uh-huh. Um, man, I'm trying to actually think now because like, you're actually getting into stuff that 
Hmm. I've seen more of. I just think this is going to be a name that we're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going to land. But I thought yeah. Alf Sr. would be it. <laughs> yeah. we got one left. All huh? right, well, might as well go with it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, he was in two episodes of The Golden Girls and received a Sophia's Choice MVP nomination for his performance in Season 1, Episode 20, Adult Education. <laughs> I am so glad. Like, how, how stunned would you have been if we guessed it on the first try? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guessing it was the Dean in that episode, because I feel like you gave him a vote in that episode, but you gave the Dean your vote. Um, but... I gave Professor Cooper my vote. You gave the dean your vote in that episode, so you just lied on your sheet. <laughs> I want to say he's right. That sounds correct. Um, that I yeah. gave it to the dean instead of Professor he, Cooper? I think he's right. Yeah, you love you, the dean. You love the professor, but you gave the... You empathize with the professor, but you love the dean. Uh, <laughs> okay, well. Um, uh, he's it, the one with the statistics, I have so. no idea what the dude's name is, though. Jerry Harden. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't remember his name at you all. You would have been really impressed, though, if one of us knew it on the first clue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? When I got to his 90 credits, I did not include the X-Files because I didn't want to, like, <laughs> give it away. show my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it would have still been oblivious for me. Yeah. Would have guessed David Duchovny. Yeah. Okay. I'll save my prize for another episode, then. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you can give it to yourself. Yeah. For fooling us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were stumped. Yep. Not a hard prize even after, to win. Even after all those clues, <laughs> Al. Yeah. <laughs> How did we not? I'm sure get... there were many of our listeners just screaming at their podcast. <laughs> Jerry right. Harden, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Don't you know your own history? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the final scene starts off in the lobby. Uh, Chewie brings in Sophia, sits her and Rose down, and starts a dialogue between the two of them. Rose initially fears that the magic has gone out of her bean, but Sophia says it's something else. Uh, Sophia starts to tell Rose that it was all a prank, but before it gets too far, the ghost of Milton enters the lobby, and Rose runs screaming into the supply closet. Milton follows her there, and we hear a barrage of Ed Epstein-provided gunfire. Rose is unloaded, unloaded on Milton like he's a vase she's mistaken for a predator. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Good callback. I had forgotten about that one. Thank you. Uh, Rose re-enters the lobby, brandishing a firearm and telling the others that she sent Tim Conway back to hell. <laughs> uh, Where he belongs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia's in shock that Rose could kill somebody. All those years living together and Rose never once mentioned being Sicilian. Uh, Sophia explains to Rose... Well, it that, wasn't a paid job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Sophia explains to Rose that the whole thing was a joke. Milton wasn't previously dead, but he sure as shit is now. Hmm. Upon hearing that the whole thing was a joke, Rose tells Sophia that she took the words right out of her mouth, and in a plot twist this podcaster never saw coming, we learned that the whole Bill Milton storyline was a long con on Sophia. <laughs> uh, apparently, There's two long cons they pulled here. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, the other one was uh, Bill uh, trying to convince oh, yeah. Blanche. <laughs> the transvestite thing. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. So, upon hearing that the whole thing was a joke, Rose tells Sophia that she uh, yeah yeah did that. Uh, <laughs> apparently, that was a good line though. Like uh, Rose played that off, off very well. Like you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, apparently, upon learning that Sophia wanted to play a prank on Rose, Bill and Milton decided to turn the tables. As an added bonus, Bill also had another side hustle going, and he's getting to have dinner with Blanche. Uh, someone should have told him that he doesn't have to work so hard to spend social time with Blanche Devereaux. 
Hmm. Uh, Sophia tells Rose, Chewie, and Milton that they took it too far. Uh, she tells them that she's an old lady and her heart cannot take that much excitement. The scene ends with her grabbing her chest, falling over, and making a comically loud thud. Ed Epstein was on fire this week. Yeah, he had a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of work to do. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay, well, that was a, a solid episode, or a solid recap, anyway. And they, they leave laughing at her little performance, and then she says, it, it, the line was a bit odd because she said, the joke's on them, I think I broke a hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, the joke is still on her. She's the one that with the broken hip. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think the idea is that the joke's on them, I, I really am hurt. Yeah. Um, so. But anyways, well, we had a few guest actors in that, of course, uh, Tim Conway, Brent already covered so much, but I'll, I'll still give the few things that I mentioned. Uh, Tim Conway played Milton, 372 titles for him, 136 of those as an actor. His only golden, of course, I'd say by far known best is Dorf, um, for those yes. you know who remember that, uh, but Dorf. Um, of course, he was also in uh, Barnacle Boy and SpongeBob SquarePants, which mm-hmm. I'm a little what? more recent. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that was a pretty good one-two punch between Tim Conway and... Um, Oh, uh, who was... Uh, Ernest Mer- Borgnine? Yeah, Ernest Borgnine yeah. of those two. They were in McHale's Navy together. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have it, him listed down as far as that being one of his credits, but mm-hmm. um, he was also in one episode of The Simpsons, as mm-hmm. I always like to show, in the uh, Simpsons spinoff showcase. He played himself. Yep. Uh, season 8, episode 24 of that. Um, he was uh, on four episodes of Mary's Married with Children, and the only reason that I mention it is that his name on the show was F-Frame Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, of course, he was a. Uh, well, I say, of course, he was also at, uh, Amos Tucker in the Apple Dumpling Gang, mm-hmm. and uh, and in the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then he was in uh, twelve episodes of the Tim Conway Show, the ten episodes of the Tim Conway Comedy Hour, and um, he was, uh, of course, Ensign Charles Parker on one hundred and thirty-eight episodes of McHale's Navy. Mm-hmm. So. Then we also had a. Uh, oh, and and he was also his last credit. I think it was was Chip and Bernie Save Christmas with Dorf. <laughs> <laughs> Then, of course, we had a Harvey Corman played mm-hmm. Bill, 243 titles for him, uh, 105 as an actor, also his only golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26 ap- episodes of uh, as Alistair Quiver mm-hmm. um, and Ed Higgins on Mama's Family. Mm-hmm. He had uh, three episodes on the Lucy Show, the three episodes on the Munsters, 13 in the Flintstones. Um, he was the great gazoo mm-hmm. in the Flintstones. Um, he also uh, was in Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he had 244 episodes of the Carol Burnett Show. Um, and he was uh, also was with uh, B. Arthur in uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, so, I don't think I knew cool. that. Then we had a uh, Bruce A. Young. He played George Wilson. You know, he had that was uh, Roland's dad. Eighty-six titles for him. His only golden episode. Um, two episodes of Star Trek Renegades, <laughs> and uh, then two episodes of just Renegades. I don't know if it's the same show, just renamed, or if they released a follow-up and dropped the Star Trek. I said Star Wars, but Star Trek, I meant. Yeah. I think Renegades was its own thing. Oh, was it? I think so. I don't know. He was the same character in both. Oh. <laughs> so, <and> um, <laughs> yeah. Admiral Armstrong was his name. Um, he I also think it's had... pronounced Akbar. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, I forgot the, the similarity, the look <laughs> is so, so similar, but... He was in uh, Prison Break, Grey's Anatomy, Jurassic Park 3, um, Risky Business, and 65 episodes of The Sentinel, which I don't think I ever caught an episode of that. Oh, is that the one where... Never mind, it's not. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, I assume it's pronounced Janet, but it's J-A apostrophe N-E-T, um, Dubois. She played Louise Wilson. Mm-hmm. 132 titles for her, 69 as an actor. This is her first of two Golden Palaces, so she <laughs> is coming back. 
Um, she was uh, Mama Bosley in Charlie's Angel Full Throttle, <laughs> which I think was something you watched mm-hmm. semi-recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was in Everybody Loves Raymond, Martin, Home Improvement, Sister, Sister, uh, Beverly Hills 90210, and then mm-hmm. 133 episodes of Good Times as a uh, Willowmina Words, mm-hmm. or Woods, excuse me. <laughs> and then finally, yeah, we had Edward oh, Penn. She had, what? She had a Grammy. Too. Oh, did she have a Grammy? Uh, for singing the theme song to Jefferson's. Oh, wow. That's oh, wow. Impressive. Um, that was really cool. <laughs> and then uh, Edward Penn, he played man number one, 29 titles for him, his only golden. He did have one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as Kateris. <laughs> um, but for only 29 titles, he had some good ones. He was in Frasier, The Wonder Years, Seinfeld, Cheers, Murder, She Wrote, The Facts of Life. Um, and uh, different strokes, so mm-hmm. as well as you know a few other things. But as a, when you only have twenty nine things, if yeah, those are part of those, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, anyways, yeah. uh, so Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? Let me pull up in here. I gave it to Rose. Okay. I thought she had some really great lines, and I thought I was I was happy that she uh, played along with the prank. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought that was good. How about you, Brent? Um, can I? I'm allowed to give it to two people. Like, is it Bill and Milton? Yes. Okay. Sure. I'll let you. Yay. <laughs> it's not. It won't affect anything in the yeah. long run. So, so yeah, uh, split vote for, you know, half a vote for Tim Conway and half a vote for Harvey Corman. Um, like, if I had to give it to one, I'd go with Tim Conway. Okay. You know, I thought he was the funnier of the two and everything. But Harvey Corman, when he was doing his like announcer shtick and asking the questions, and <laughs> he's yeah. like, and now here's James, <laughs> super freak. You know, yeah. I, just, I just really like that and everything. But very good off the cuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's funny you say off the cuff as if that <laughs> yeah, was one plan. Actually, yeah. ad libbing. No, no. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying like the way he plays yeah. off the performance is well done. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with that. He's like them hack riders old. Shooting, they just <laughs> they had well, Inagata I mean, de Vita. Honestly, Everybody knows those, Super Freaks. Funnier. Those two actors were renowned for uh, ad libbing too, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the impression any of that was ad lib. No, I don't <laughs> well, I, I also had a well. I guess Milton gets one and a half because okay. I had Tim Conway as Milton as my uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I don't know that he was the best in the whole episode. All because Rose, I think, would be a worthy candidate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. You know, I, I have a soft spot for Tim Conway, and I thought he gave a really good performance. So yeah. if it was, I agree. I think I think they both did very well. So. Yeah. I just I picked Rose in this case. No, I like I think that's a fair choice. But yeah. anyway, so uh, how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I gave it six. Hmm. And uh, how about you, Brent? I get seven and a half. Oh well, see, I didn't like the episode really. Really? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tim Conway in it, and, and that was enough for me. Tim Conway and Harvey Corman. It just. It, I really didn't like Sophia in it, you know, and that was... She was pretty rough. Yeah, and it's the fact, too, that she was given a few opportunities to redeem herself and Mm -hmm. never did. That bothered me. Yeah, she was like, nah, I'm good. The (laughs) whole kind of half-baked Roland story I didn't care for. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt like that could have been an A story. I think that was, you know, based on the title of the episode. Yeah, it came first. (laughs) Um, But it just, they didn't fill that out enough. Um, And so, yeah, I only gave it three. It was... One of my lower, maybe my lowest of the season so far, but hmm. at least on the lower end. Yeah. So. Well, and then when uh, when uh, Blanche was talking to his parents for him, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of dismissed herself or they kicked her out, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He kind of said, well, I guess I'll have to accept this divorce. Mm-hmm. It had been like a half a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing really had changed at this point. He's just like, yeah. well, I guess after all this time, I'll have to mm-hmm. you know, come to terms. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's fine. It, 
obviously his parents don't live there, and so him coming to terms with it relatively quickly, you know, like having a strong reaction and then coming to terms with it relatively quickly doesn't seem that crazy to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just didn't. Well, I'm just saying, it's not a lot of time. He may have sounded like, well, I guess I'll just have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that could have been, I feel like, a well-explored uh, part of the story, but it just, it was such so little um, mm-hmm. that they spent with it. And I liked his parents. Like, I would have liked to have seen more of them yeah. and their interactions really good Roland, actors, but, yeah. But um, anyways, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're no Bill and Marty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever their names were, but. Bill and Milton. Yeah, Bill and Milton. See, Bill and Marty, that's the Simpsons uh, oh, radio yeah, yeah. host, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered all of our bases. Do you have anything to add before we close it out? Just stay golden, Coco. Okay. Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to look up the line. <laughs> Uh, I don't have the I don't have my old notebook. Live, laugh, me. love. Yeah, it's something like that. But it's it's like to life, to love, to us. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, you got it. And stay golden, Coco. Yeah. <laughs>
released a bonus episode. It was like <laughs> shooting the shit with Brent now. Exactly. It was gold. <laughs> it was better than anything I got written down. <laughs> See, I missed. I missed out. <sighs> All right. Let's see. Um, oh, did you guys have a good week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. Yes. Good, but, productive. And uh, I'm a, a little tiring, but I'm we, exhausted. We lost uh, several key people at work. Oh, really? We just got fired. Like, like if you added it all up over 100 years of uh, working experience. Wow. Why'd they, why'd with they the, fire with them? the company. Was it downsizing or what? Uh, so I think I told you guys before that they had all this, like, these promised uh, uh, cuts in, in mm-hmm. revenue. Not revenue, but, like, uh, cuts in costs for, for like, trying to reduce scrap because mm-hmm. we've got these, you know, MLX lines and the, the multi-layer vials that are running like... <laughs> Is that how they told them? It's like, we promised you cuts and I'm a man of my <laughs> word. <laughs> so I, I wasn't there when people did the firing. I just heard about it after the fact. But it was in like two day increments. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people got fired one day. One guy had been there like 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Put off retirement so he could keep working on this project. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Real nice slap yeah. in the yeah. face. Uh, the other guy, I don't know how long he'd been there, but at least 15 plus years, mm-hmm. right? And then the next uh, time they fired people, like two people that had been there like 20 something years. Mm-hmm. Like, how long have you been there combined? Between, yeah. Uh, it's been like 16, 17 years now. Okay. So it's like, yeah, 23 years from now, absolutely, mm-hmm. that's the way they're going to do ski. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 23 years from now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you'll, because that'll be, let's see, you'll be, what, 60? No, at least you'll be at retirement age at that point. You'll be 67. <laughs> and you'll be like, no, I've got this one project I want to finish. It's my <laughs> Opus Magnum. And they'll be like, sorry, <laughs> Only ski. two more pages to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, we don't have six more months in the budget, so we're going to have to let you go now. Exactly. <laughs> He's laughing now, but he's not going to be laughing when Camden delivers the news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gramps. Exactly. I think. What have you done for me lately, old man? <laughs> right. I think Ski will be so happy that Camden is gainfully employed in a regular job. <laughs> you always want more for the son than the father ever got. my boss at that point too, right? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Assuming he oversees the janitors. I'm I'm hoping that I'm still in this this one pigeonholed spot. No, no uh, progression. Right. (laughs) Progression. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You still have some open cases from, you know, 2023 that you're working. Right. You know, got a few more Apology letters to write. <laughs> That's what a lot of them come down to on some level. <laughs> Dear consumer, Pobody's nerfed. <laughs> You're recording now, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> you used that before, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I know some, I've heard it recently. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you know where it's not where it's from, but yeah. I think the place that Brent and I know it's the best yeah. from mm. is uh, the good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Kristen Bell saying it. Yeah. yeah, and she says it's just one of the most adorable things ever. <laughs> I think she says most things adorable. She so. does. Yeah, I mean it's not as adorable when Brent says it, but yeah. I think the timing's even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty good with timing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
well known for my timing and my punctuality. (laughs) 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 He's well known for his thoroughness. Yeah. And completeness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys ready to jump into this one? Yeah. Indeed. 